0: What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Radalescu with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. As always, bringing incredible guests from all over the world, so sit back, relax, and tune in. My next guest is an educator, a mental health therapist, and also the author of More Than Sorry, Five Steps to Deepen Your Apology After You Have Committed Infidelity. Please welcome Dr. Deb Miller. Dr. Deb, welcome to the show. Thanks, Deanna. It's good to be here. Good to have you here. So uh, I love the the title of the book and I shared, uh, I have a lot of experience with that myself <laughs> and one committing and one being it's being committed on. So let's kind of talk about the build up to the book. I, I want to know what was your inspiration and why infidelity?
1: Well, I was, I'm a therapist working with couples trying to heal and a lot, most of the time it was over somebody wandered or had an affair. And traditionally, stereotypically, the couple would come in, sit down. The person that was cheated on had a lot of need to just tell their story, then cry, angry, point, scream, yell, whatever they needed to do, and they do need to do that. But yeah. meanwhile, the person that was cheated, the cheater, yeah, would be silent, head down, and you know the why question: Why'd you do it? And they just basically would say, I don't know. Why are we still talking about it? Can we talk about something else? I promise I won't do it again. In other words, they kept trying to push it away, push it away. Yeah. And I thought, well, this is not going to go anywhere. The healing of this couple, if there is going to be some, has to be two-sided. Right. So I looked at resources, and there were tons of resources for the person that had been violated. And, and that's, again, appropriate. But there was very few for the person who actually... Uh, stepped over the line and committed infidelity. And so I thought, well, this is a need, a gap in the in the um, support materials for people trying to be different, how to change, how to heal. So that's where that came from.
0: I think that it takes two, that the person that didn't do the cheating, cheating is just as guilty as the person that did the cheating. Because there's always something that's lacking in a relationship. I speak from experience. So I've been cheated on and I have cheated. And so there's always something missing. There's a missing piece that's happening in a relationship, in a marriage that's not either being worked on or discussed or, or you know, whatever that is causing someone to, to, to wander, you know, and it's, and it's, it's a, it's too it's two sided.
1: It is, but the focus at that moment. When someone comes to my office, can't be on, well, tell me about your marriage and let me hear what, you know, both of you have contributed yeah. to this problem because at the moment it's this crisis of, oh my gosh, you cheated. And, you know, culturally, you know, there's this Red Bay, this uh, adulterer, you know, they just um are the so easy to be the one that absorbs all the guilt. And so there's this process of healing, and, and but the first step has to be for the person who stepped over the line, whether they violated their moral code, uh, but they kept a secret. And certainly that's the focus is how do you recognize that um, this was not part of your contract as a couple um, and that's where the hurt is. And certainly it will lead to a discussion about what was missing. Yeah, Because let that person talk about Uh, what it was like for them to be in an affair is really important. Because honestly, there's some positive things that come out of people being in affairs. They're having fun, they're feeling validated, they're feeling hurt, they're feeling sexual. And so you want them to be able to process that with someone and they can't process that with their significant other. Mm -hmm. You know, It's not healthy, but they need to process it. But there's this shame game that goes on and they definitely, both parties typically, aren't comfortable talking to other people about what happened, you know, for a variety of reasons. They're embarrassed. They don't want to be labeled. They don't want their kids to know, you know, so it's this huge, this secret that gets on top layered and layered and layered, um, that compounds the situation. And so it's so key. Yeah. They talk and say it out loud.
0: Yeah. Um, in your experience, do you find how many couples tend to work through those issues and make their marriage better versus those that have not?
1: And I and mean, terrible statistics on that, honestly, you know, and I even look for statistics like how many people cheat and, you know, you see anything from 20 to 60% of people cheat. I mean, it's really impossible all I know is that the work in my office, Yeah, um, when people, there's usually the hurt party makes the decision to let go and forgive and then they can heal. But honestly, once they get to that point, I don't often see them. They're off on their own. They want to, you know, try to push away. And that's the challenge to accept that this is kind of a lifelong healing, you know, how to recognize that they, even though they did it 20 years ago, just for you, even to look at what happened and why and what did, how have you grown from it? How are you different now in relationships? Um it just it's it's important to to dissect it, to analyze it.
0: Yeah. And so, um, I, I wanna understand like what are you say five steps to deepen your apology after you've committed an infidelity? Can you share maybe one with us what that means?
1: Well the ma- yeah, the main one is empathy. You know, so much of we have such strong defense mechanisms. We're all want to look in the mirror and feel good about ourselves. Right. And so for us to like um, totally take responsibility for whatever pain we've inflicted on the other person, you have to have empathy. And Empathy means you can sense what it's like to be in the other person's shoes. Yeah, What does it feel like? And what are they experiencing? And not only sense it, feel it, but you have to be able to express it. So there's a lot of exercise about how to say, dang, you're really ticked off of me. You hate me right now uh, because I, you know went behind your back and was with another person. Yeah. Whatever it is, you know, you need to learn the words to say it. So that's part of this main step of empathy. Sure. Yeah. Not only for the person that you hurt, that you violated, who you cheated on, but yourself and your fair partner. Yeah. Well, there's so many people affected. And then there's some people that are affected that don't even know it's happened. You know, there might be some unrecognizable, invisible effects on kids friends, extended family members.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what my late husband, I was married before, uh, he passed away about eight years ago. And so when I first got involved with him, he was very big into steroids and that's basically what killed him. He kept taking steroids, needed his third kidney transplant. I always thought that it was like the steroids that kind of messed him up. I firmly believe that. And I, I will still, uh, I still you know, hold firm on that to today. But when we first started dating, he did not tell me that there was anybody else in the picture. And so, like, I started dating him, believing him. I remember one time I had gotten ready, like, I was young. He was 12 years older than me, and I got he was going to take me on this cruise. And so I had all my bags packed, ready to go. He didn't show up. I was like, okay, obviously something's going on here. And I've come to find out that he had a fiancé. He's He was divorced with four daughters, and he had a f- fiancé. He actually left his ex-wife for the nanny. And I found out all this stuff after the fact, after I fell in love with him and all this crazy stuff. And I, and like, he, had, like, it was pretty traumatic. Like, the first couple of years of our our dating life was very traumatic. I ended up like changing my phone number. I had gotten into another relationship. You know, I was just like trying to move on with my life, but we couldn't seem to get apart, and he he wouldn't let me go. He ended up like going to sex and love addiction uh, rehab because that's what he said he had. I don't know if I necessarily believe that. I understand it's a thing. I do understand it's a thing. But even after we had gotten married, many years later, he had a, he had two years after we got married, he had another affair with, with the nanny. Mm-hmm. And I sat him down. I knew something was up. A woman always knows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unless you're one that wants to turn the other cheek and not deal with it, I'm not one of those women. I'm going to say that one. We're going we're gonna to talk about it. I sat him down. We went grocery shopping, got back. I sat him down at the kitchen table and I said, what's going on? I said, are you talking to somebody else? He lied to my face. So then I proceeded the next day because we owned our businesses together, and I pulled his phone records. Sure enough, I'm finding all these numbers of these women that I know that he's involved, he's been involved with, and so it was an all-out blowout, you know. And then we end up going to counseling and just trying to work things out. I can I can forgive and move on, like you know I'm I'm I didn't really hold on to that, but as like fast forward ten years or whatever it was. As his health declined and I kept begging him to stop the steroids, you know, like stop, yeah. stop, stop. He was on dialysis the last two and a half years of his life. I was administering it. He was like, it was like living with a shell of a person. He was still injecting. And like, we would fight over that. Like you have daughters, you know, what about me? Like we're, you know, and so I was with, the, I was like living with a ghost. And so mm-hmm. I hadn't had any intimacy for eight months. And next thing you know, I'm getting hit on by this younger guy and I ate it up. a child of a person and when he confronted me with it because he did before he passed I didn't deny it yeah I had said to him I had said to him I said what are you gonna do when some man gives me attention and you're sitting here you're like you're um, I told him I I asked him what are you gonna do when that happens he couldn't Mm -hmm. say anything because he was just not Mm -hmm. I think he wanted to kill himself at that point which is a whole other conversation but these are different dynamics of cheating that I've dealt with and that I've done myself. And I just thought that, like, I was just a shell of a, of a human being just taking care of this other person who wasn't taking care of themselves. And it's, it's just like, yeah, I, we need affection. We need love, you know? Right. Right. Yeah.
1: We're all searching for intimacy at some level, whether it be physical, right, or but emotional, intellectual record, you know, experiential. And I think, it's interesting to hear that you somehow had the bandwidth to, to forgive yes. even once you discovered lies and all. And that's, that says a lot for you in terms of your willingness to accept people who aren't perfect. The people have flaws. We you all know do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's really powerful. And it's also part in your own, you know, not just, you I'm not trying to analyze you here, but, um, your own, our own ability to, to accept, um, that we're not perfect so that we can really be honest when we look in the mirror and say, "What should I be doing differently? Is there something I should be doing differently in the answer? Maybe no, but it's still important that you go through that exercise of looking inward and, and not listening to feedback from other people also, but really making decisions. Am I happy? Am I getting what I need? Am I experiencing closeness to people? And that's the challenge, you know, what I also heard in your story is you didn't get hung up on details. No. Typically, when couples come in, they're like, I want to know how many times you slept together, how much money you spent, what did you eat for dinner that Thursday night? I mean, they get really enmeshed in it. And they get it. You just They're just trying to wrap their head around it, and they're so ticked. And they don't really know what else to say. And so the book really is about how do you say more than just the words, I'm sorry? Yeah. It, that's not enough. I mean, it's something, but it's not enough. What are you sorry for? Um, and so you have to, I'm sorry for, and that's when your empathy comes in all the pain and hurt, you know, shock, I, you know, scars I'm leaving. Um, but I'm also sorry for not making our relationship different. Yeah. Not saying out loud what I'm missing or what, you know, right. we need to work on. Um, it's so interesting that people can um, cohabitate and function without really connecting.
0: Without really saying, here's what I need. There you go. That's the key part: connecting with your partner. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's so important. And I think that that connection, whether it's mental, emotional, physical, like having some form of connection, and and either of those realms is very important to prevent infidelity. Right? Had yeah. Had Rich, his his name was Rich. Had he not killed himself with steroids? I mean, he his body was septic at the point where he, he died in the hospital. But, um, you know, had he not done the stairs, I think he still would be here today. Had he been a, more alive and was able to talk to me and connect with me, like we never had a problem. I had no interest ever in our marriage to ever. But it was like I had I, nobody. I was like a, a a flower that was dying that needed water. And then all of a sudden I got this young guy pouring water on me. I was like, Whoa, I'm alive again.
1: <laughs> well, that's the, and that's the other interesting part of the fears, you know, like, you know, some people have this label. Once a cheater, always a cheater. Yeah. And therefore you're looking always for the next hookup. And sometimes it just happens. Sometimes you're in the wrong place or wrong place, whatever you want to, however you want to perceive it. And this other person walks in and you're just in open to it for whatever reason. Um, and there's some, you know, when they do some research like who is more likely um, to have a failed marriage, and it's a lot about your expectation, your determination ahead of time that you're committed, that you're in it, that you'll do it. But, you know, life does happen, and you know, it's so easy to judge. It's so easy to point fingers, and I think that's what's pertinent about the title of this podcast. You know, there is a label, a stigma to the label of being a cheater, an adulterer, and and it's, it's like a balancing act. you, you got to weirdly embrace some of it that you, yeah, I did, but at the same time, I that's maybe what I did, not who I am and who I will be.
0: Oh, yeah. So that's
1: sure. the hope of growth. You know, we all want to learn from our mistakes. We all want to learn how to be different, um, and that's the focus of this of
0: this book. Huh? Do you think that if someone say let somebody's listening, if you guys are listening out there and maybe you, unfortunately this is happening in your relationship, your marriage, whatever, um, do you think that this book would help them overcome it overcome the infidelity in their relationship?
1: Yeah. Cause I think, you know, again, back to the defense defenses, you know, that we were in the middle of an affair and we're having fun and everything is wow. i not getting caught yet. You know, we are not looking up. We are not looking around to say, Oops. wait, what am I doing? And so <laughs> did pick up the book, and that meant you were ready to self-examine. I call it navel-gazing, looking yeah. inward, yeah. Uh, because that's the hope, that you you spend some time, and, and that's – honestly, I doubt many of the cheaters are running to the bookstore to buy it. I'm guessing mostly there's – significant other is buying it for them and yeah. showing it to them. Um so it's it's tough work and it's it's uh not a one and done uh read. You know, it's a, like a process. I want you to spend time on each chapter, do some exercises, do some reflection and figure out with the ultimate goal of how to say more than I'm sorry, uh, how yeah. to explain, you know, what they've learned about themselves. That's part of your apology. Mm-hmm why here's what I know now about me I was selfish I was self-absorbed I was uh uh thrill seeking I was lonely I you know whatever it is that you've learned about yourself helps then the other
0: person have more empathy for you yeah if they're yeah. willing to listen though they have to be willing to listen you know they have to be I mean to. I don't think that I I would never label someone a cheater I just wouldn't you know because I believe been what i've been through there's something else going on there is a deeper issue that causes someone to do that you know right. at least for in my situation that i've experienced that there there was something else going on and it wasn't just that you we were out just looking for fun you know there was there was a missing piece that needed to be like filled you know there's a there is um a gap that was that was open so i love it i think this is great so Thank where you. can people find you, connect with you and purchase this book?
1: All right. Uh, my website's uh, drdebmiller, drdebmiller.com.
0: Perfect. Dr. Social, Dr. social media?
1: Uh, not really. I am semi-retired. I wrote this book during COVID and I, I just really want this to get out there. It's very affordable. And I,
0: you know, you can find my website a little more about me. What are you hoping people can get from the book? Like what do you? What is your hope for it? If they someone yeah. by What What do you hope happens for them in their life?
1: Well, I hope that they get intimacy. I hope that they get their emotional, physical, and emotional and physical needs met um, yeah. by being in a relationship that's open, that's honest, that's that's authentic. Um, and I hope that people again don't absorb the label of cheater, adulterer, and either they'll either shut down and not try and just continue to perpetuate that label or they will grow from it and learn how to be different and how to shed that negative le- label
0: beautiful you guys I'm gonna put her link in the show notes so if you Thank connected you. with her book her story what she's what she's wanting to help for you guys to to learn or to get from the book don't hesitate to click the link go purchase the book go learn a little bit more about her and uh yeah we hope that we you deepen your relationship with your significant other, especially if there has been some infidelity. Dr. Dobb, this is the part of the show where I like to ask for last words of wisdom or advice. What would you like to leave with us today?
1: That uh, I just challenge you, the listeners, to to, uh, embrace growth, to embrace change, to embrace um, accepting that any mistakes or sins you made today doesn't have to define
0: you. Absolutely. Yes. Very well put. Thank you, Dr. Deb, for all the work that you have done and that are going to continue to do with your book. Leaving your legacy uh, with on this, wor- with this world is a beautiful thing. So we appreciate you. Thank you, Nian. I appreciate you. You're welcome. You guys, this is your host, Deanna Radolescu, Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. As always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, follow, comment, share, all those good things. And I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.